Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. After over a decade of fronting the Canadian band Red Rider, the 90s kicked off with Tom Cochran breaking away from his band and starting his solo career with the biggest song he'd ever write. Life as a Highway became a top 10 hit in the States, and while Tom experienced a huge career in Canada throughout the 90s, garnering seven Juno Awards, in the United States he is only remembered for the earworm that kick-started his solo career. This week, I'm joined by my friend and former podcast partner Mike Sabosley to decide if Tom Cochran's catalog deserves to ride all night long, or if this highway should be permanently closed. So, Mike, you picked Tom Cochran. I did. I picked Tom Cochran, Life is a Highway. I didn't know it was going to entail that we had to listen to his whole catalog. Right. Um, and once I found that out, it was too late. And I've regretted picking Tom Cochran um, for a while. But I did kind of start to not fall in love, but I, I some of his songs grew on me. You, you seem like – I'm very surprised knowing you and knowing your musical taste that you wouldn't have just – kind of gotten into Tom Cochran by the end of this. I feel like you're kind of dressed like Tom Cochran today. It seems like it seems like something a Canadian rock star would wear. You got a, you got a flannel on. Dressed real uh, plumbery. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Life is a Highway, it got a resurgence or whatever. 
I guess I liked that song when it was out. Do we know when that song the came out? Summer of 91. Wow, really? Yeah. I was surprised it's that early. So summer of 91, that was like the time of, I think of 1991. That's a vanilla. So vanilla ice, basically. That's like Belle Biv DeVoe, vanilla ice time. Life as a Highway came out. Well, that he was competing with like Boys to Men, End of the Road, um, Color Me Bad, Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy. Wow. You had Guns N' Roses, Mariah Carey, Michael Jackson. Those are the, the three people that actually surround him in the Billboard charts. Wow. I didn't even I didn't even know any of that. But uh yeah, so I put the playlist on of Tom Cochran songs and it was kind of like background music at a department store or something. Yeah, re- restaurant rock. Kind of like a lunch. Yeah. During lunch maybe. For yeah, light lunch. It, it does kind of seem that way um when was this um you said there was a resurgence when i missed that well oh because somebody covered life is a highway recently okay yeah it's rascal Flatts. rascal flats okay yeah so it got a little bit of a resurgence and it's also been in commercials and stuff but yeah i mean the guy's supposedly a superstar in canada he's worth 10 million dollars Wow. And I want to know how much of that is because of Life is a Highway. Well, it has to be. Like, all of it? Well, if he's this Canadian star, I mean, I guess he had the follow-up single hit number seven on the U.S. rock charts, uh, No Regrets. Uh, I don't I, I don't remember that song ever existing. And I did nothing. I mean, back then, you had one option. It was the radio, and you had, like, three stations so you knew every like my mom knows this song like your family listened to the same songs. Right. I don't remember no regrets. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, it's a terror. It's a terrible song, by the way, too. Oh, you do actually do know no regrets. I I don't. <laughs> I mean, I know it because I it was an assignment. I listened to it. Right. You know, you you chose this. I I don't know. Do you agree that life is a highway? <laughs> I I do agree. Do, do and you, actually, when you Google life as a highway, one of the things that will pop up is a question, you know how there's like the five questions and one of them is what does the song Life is a Highway mean? As if it's that deep or that <laughs> hard to understand. It's, I want to ride it all night long. Yeah, I, I actually I pulled up the lyrics and it's life's like a road that you travel on when there's one day here and the next day gone. Uh, that It's not really that deep at all. That That is basically like, yeah, no shit, Tom Cochran. Life is a road. I mean, and you, that that metaphor is not that good. Yeah. No, and he was inspired to write it when he he was in Africa helping feed hungry um, children. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how that inspired him, but that is what that's the story. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> it makes me feel really bad for thinking that. I honestly thought this, but then when I started doing research on Tom, Tom Cochran, this is a terrible thing to think. But I thought there was some sort of like creepy controversy that had to do with Tom Cochran, and I was way off. I didn't see anything. I saw that he he did a benefit concert uh, for the the you know the Humboldt. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So or he did something to benefit that. No, he raise has a, money. He has a song that in parentheses it says like for Humboldt. So he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, he definitely did not do anything. What did he, you think he did? I thought he had like a Gary Glitter type situation oh, okay. or whatever, but he really didn't. He's just like a good dude that from Canada 
that wrote a, a a song that everybody knows from the 90s that do you, do you think if say Bruce Springsteen sings that song is it like a cult classic and it's no longer like a cheesy kind of song yeah i don't know would that I, be like his thunder road <laughs> i i don't i don't really know i haven't thought about that too much but I, I think tom cochran's big problem was his name it's hard to get past his name like when I remembered what he looked like, I just remembered him looking like a normal dude, like a guy that would be friends with my dad, right? Kind of thing. Like he didn't have the looks, he didn't have the name, he couldn't write a chorus to save his life, other than "Life Is a Highway." Yeah, yeah. That "Life Is," a, I mean, that was a gigantic hit. Uh, so, do you, when you think back when that song came out, do you personally have any? memories of that that song i can remember it was summer i can remember being outside that song was on outside a lot um (laughs) i can remember my buddies pool they were always playing that song everyone knew that song right i mean i wasn't a real cool kid maybe that's why i was so into it i don't know it seems like knowing you for a long time that that would have a Tom Cochran CD would have been in your collection that maybe you got from Columbia House or something. I was like actually that. shocked. I'd never owned a Tom Cochran CD, and if I didn't own it, I really don't. I don't know who else would have. Well, yeah, I know you really. You I've had never it. even seen a Tom Cochran cassette CD album. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, you. So you picked Tom Cochran, which wasn't. I mean, they're they're actually from some other guests, some actually worse picks. It actually, surprisingly, <laughs> was not the worst pick. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a little rough for me. It's just not all the songs sounded the same to me. They were all mid-tempo, 90s rock that included acoustic guitar, but not necessarily, but not really, like, folk music. It was very, I don't even know what style. But, but apparently it's... It is very popular in Canada. He was the lead singer of Red Rider. Yeah, that's. I had no idea. And Red Rider, which is also a terrible name, but they sing Lunatic Fringe. So he, Tom Cochran had two one-hit wonders. Oh, I don't know Lunatic Fringe. Do you, <laughs> should I know it? Yeah, you would one hundred percent. Um, but yeah, he, Red Rider started in 1978, so the dude has been around and he's still at it. Uh, it's it's great that he's still at it. And it's also great that uh, that he doesn't actually he that he's not actually a pervert. <laughs> like, like I I for some reason thought he was, and I was misinformed. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that was a that, there's like zero controversy in his on the internet about him. He like he likes to golf. He's <laughs> Amateur pilot, <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Right. Okay. Well, but uh, is there anyone else that you can think of that has two one-hit wonders that had oh. such minimal success in a, a band and also as a solo artist? Uh, no, uh, no, no. So you needed to have a one hit with your band and then one solo hit. Yeah, like um, like Mike and the Mechanics have a hit, and that dude was in Genesis, but right. Genesis has way more than one hit. True. You know, Henley had a solo hit, but all but with the Eagles they had Well Don Henley hits. had more than one solo hit. 
really? What, what are you considering? Only Boys of Summer as the only Don Henley hit? If he wasn't in the Eagles, that would have been the only hit. I think. What about End of the Innocence? I, I don't even think that would ever made the radio. It's a good song. What about Dirty Laundry? I forgot about. Maybe I, I forgot was, about Dirty Laundry. Maybe I, I was, thought that was an Eagles song. Maybe I was thinking about Don Henley when I was thinking of Creeps. Oh, is he a creep? Oh, you didn't know Don Henley was a creep? I knew he was a jerk, but... I oh, I only found out about Don Henley's creepiness. Don Henley, I don't know what... That's what the song Dirty Laundry is about. So not only not only is Don Henley a creep, but he wrote a song about it. Like, like I guess... Def- I don't know what the words to Dirty Laundry are, but I guess he's defending himself. But... Not sure what the year was, but he was found with two. I think he was naked with two naked teenage girls, like on coke or something like that. But yeah, it must have been Don Henley, Tom Cochran, not doing that kind of. Are thing. Are you sure it was Don Henley before you uh, smear his name? Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna put Don Henley controversy, and we're gonna find out. I know we're we're really steering out of what we're supposed to be talking about right now, but Don Henley, um, okay, <laughs> here's an article: the sexual predators everyone still worships. <laughs> He's def- that's definitely the first thing that comes up. But uh, I think if Tom Cochran could have made that list, he wouldn't have minded. Okay, so there's Ted Nugent. That's obvious. Um, let me see. I'm trying to pull up the the Don Henley thing, but yeah, um, you know. It sucks because I like Don Henley's music, um, personal life. Let's see. Oh, here we go. This is from his Wikipedia. Henley called his home, called paramedics to his home on November 21st, 1980, where a 16-year-old girl was found naked and claiming she had overdosed on quaaludes and cocaine. She was arrested for prostitution while a 15-year-old girl found in the house was arrested for being under the influence of drugs. He was subsequently charged for contributing to the delinquency of a minor, fined, and put on probation. Henley was arrested and pleaded no contest. He was fined $2,500 and put on two years probation. Um, somebody that was at, was at, wait, was in a relationship with Henley at the time of the incident later said, I was shocked to hear about it. He didn't have drugs around the house. It was an accident, I'm sure. The, the media attention for this incident was primary among the inspirations for the solo hit, Dirty Laundry. Um, I think they, he says, kick them when they're up, kick them when they're down in that song. So that was the point where he was down, I guess? I he don't was know. down, yeah. We kind of got off the topic here that, that Tom Cochran does not have anything like that in his past. Tom Co- Cochran is a stand-up dude. Wrote Life is a Highway supposedly when he was on a trip helping people in Africa. Uh, that's great. That's wonderful. I, I, you would have thought that he would have wrote a little bit deeper of, of a song, but or, yeah, something more sad, maybe not as upbeat and happy. Um, let me see. I'm, 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 I had the lyrics pulled up to "Life Is a Highway" so we could kind of break them down a little bit. We could see if we could, we can understand what this song means. Maybe there is a a deeper meaning to it. Here it is: "Life Is a Highway" lyrics. So, life life's like a road that you travel on. When there's one day here and the next day gone. Sometimes you bend. Sometimes you stand. Sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world outside every darkened door where blues won't haunt you anymore. What do you think a darkened door is? It sounds really scary. Yeah, but I I don't know what that is either. 
where the brave are free and the lovers soar, come ride with me to the distant shore. We won't hesitate, hesitate, break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. It sounds to me like he just rhymed some words. If one of your bandmates brought those lyrics to practice, wow, would you? I mean, if Steve brought the lyrics, "Where the brave are free and lovers soar, come ride with me to the distant shore," what would I think about that? You guys would have never even recorded "Life Is a Highway." <laughs> Maybe not. I, I kind of feel like that chorus, and this sucks because I would love to have one hit. Have one hit would be awesome. You'd have ten million bucks, right? Um, but the fact of the matter is that we, we might write this song joking around, but not actually make it a song. Let's look this, the second verse is through all these cities and all these towns, it's in my blood and it's all around. I love you now. Like I loved you then. This is the road. And these are the hands from Mozambique to those Memphis nights, the Kyber pass to Vancouver's lights. Knock me down, get back up again. You're in my blood. I'm not a lonely man. There's no load I can't hold. Road so rough, this I know. I'll be there when the light comes in. Tell them we're survivors. Yeah, I don't know. Like He ended it strong. Tell them we're survivors. I think that's a good line to end it with. Yeah, I guess that that is. Once again, I'm not really talking shit on Tom Cochran. He seems like a good dude. Um, but these, uh, these de- lyrics definitely don't resonate with me too much. Did they, when you were a little tiny, Chris, hmm. I kind of feel like maybe I did like this song, but definitely didn't own it in any way, shape or form. But, uh, you, you, I don't know. The, the other, only other lyrics are there's a, uh, the bridge. There was a distance between you and I, a misunderstanding once, but now we look it in the eye. Seems like he's kind of all over the place. Like, what is this song about? There's a distance between him and who? I mean, is this a love song? I always took it as yeah, it was kind of a love song. And really, I thought it was more of like a life song, like the ups and downs of life. But then it seems like he kind of drifts into a love song. I, as I look at the lyrics, I kind of think this song sucks. (laughs) I, I kind of. I kind of don't think that I think it's all over the place. It seems like a lot of words that just rhyme without a lot of thought into uh, some sort of meaning or or something. But you 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 found a Tom Cochran song you liked a lot, right? I, unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> a lot. It's called uh, "Boy Inside the Man," right? Which is a really weird chorus to sing by yourself if you're just <laughs> hanging out having a few beers. But it's a good. A good song. You got to listen to the live version because the crowd knows all the words. Right. It's all like they kind of trick you into thinking like, oh, he had another hit. Like all these people know the words and he sings it real uh, passionately. And you're like, yeah, the boy inside the man, which I don't know what that. Right. What it means. It's I wish he, it's a good like melody. The chorus again, like I wish it was something different. I just. We had passion, we had dreams Thought the love we're fighting for Something holy, something more 
This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50. The words one hit and the number 50 that is at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Right. Um, the, the thing that I guess we we're trying to figure out what this podcast is, is so we have one hit wonders out there you know they're considered one hit I, I mean i guess tom cochran's huge in canada so maybe in canada he's not a one hit wonder here he is life is a highway is his hit um but we try to figure out like okay was it a one hit you know did they bring the one hit thunder or was it a one hit blunder uh did this dude deserve to have a hit or should he have never had a hit uh, I think he deserves it. I mean, like those names, Michael Jackson, Mariah Carey, Boys to Men. He hung with them. He was on MTV like 10 times a day that summer. Right. I mean, you know what? I want to pull up a picture of Tom Cochran. He he actually looks like a kind of like a young James Spader. <laughs> which I don't I don't remember him looking good as a when I was a young boy at least. I'm I'm going to okay, I'm if I type Tom Cochran life is a highway music video i want to see what he looked like because i do remember was there a scorpion in the music video i feel like there, there was <laughs> there had to i feel like there was a scorpion walking across the road he was like in the desert and he was always like crunched over while he was singing like um, he had a bad back oh yeah 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 okay here we go yeah there he is he had a leather jacket on he was in the desert yeah there was definitely a scorpion in this video yeah he was hunched over he played a telly. That's cool. At the same time, he was out. Brian Adams was putting out all yeah, his. Yeah, he's a very so, he's a poor man's Brian Adams for sure. Brian Adams was better looking, wrote way better songs, way better name. Right. Both single dudes from Canada, but yeah, I'm sure that there were a lot of people who thought that Tom that Life Is a Highway was a Brian Adams song. I'm sure that it should have been. That that there was. Oh, I think I read something about how. He in the in the age of, 
I think it was him in the age of streaming that like this song was was came up as a Tom Petty song. Like it would come up like on Napster and stuff as Life is a Highway by Tom Petty. Not that I think he sounds like Tom Petty, but to an idiot who doesn't know anything, I imagine like, okay, yeah, that's Tom Petty. Right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That Petty, I mean, Petty just wrote way better songs. And <laughs> Tom Cochran only wrote one. Uh, <laughs> um, what else about Tom Cochran? But yeah. I think if we remarketed him, he needs a new name, a new look. I mean, why is Tom Cochran so bad? Why is that so much worse than Brian Adams? What's better about the name Brian Adams? Uh, Tom Cochran just, I mean, he just sounds like a dude that you used to go to high school with that you, you kind of knew. Like, he was nice, but... You never really hung out with him. Right. I was never I I It's not a star. I can't get into the dudes with just normal names who wear normal clothes and have very nor- normal songs. I, I I was never feel feeling it, you know? Who else fits that? I mean Brian Adams kind of fits that mm-hmm. that category. But I guess Brian Adams did have some good songs. I guess uh who else is like Brian Adams from that oh, what's the how about Richard Marks? Oh, good call. He had he had a couple hits though. Yeah, I mean he had a whole album where everyone was just a hit. Yeah, definitely not a one hit wonder. He's pretty good on Twitter. Richard Marks is. Uh huh. Yeah. Is Tom Cochran on Twitter? That's a great question. I'm sure he's real boring if he is. Uh, we got to find out. We're finding out right now if Tom Cochran's on Twitter and what his last tweet was. Uh, wait, is Cochran spelled with an E? Yeah, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. This is him, right? That's him. That's him. Okay, so he does. It's Tom Cochran, M-U-S is his thing. His info is, I can see it on the road ahead, running hard. I'm here, but I could be there instead. Human Race, Neruda album. (laughs) That literally seems like that would be a line to Life is a Highway. (laughs) I can see it on the road ahead, running hard. I'm here, but I could be there instead. Okay, so his last tweet was five days ago. It's a picture of a guy, like a serviceman, a black and white picture. And he said, this is Tuck. He fought hard. He fought hard against fascism. Brothers died. They fought hard to preserve our freedom from dictators who would divide us through racism, hatred, division. Poppies grow between crosses of men. Boys, just like Tuck, honor them. It's a nice message. It's very... Poor, poor grammar. Um, and, but I like the message. I think I think Tom Cochran's on the right side He's of history. He's a good dude. Yeah, I feel bad saying anything bad about Tom Cochran. He, he's he's truly a Canadian icon, and he wants to do the right thing. And he looks at life as being a highway. And I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. Did you find any other songs that you? Liked or didn't oh, hate? Oh no, 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 not at all. Not uh, even the um, the title track, "Mad Mad World." No, and I was waiting for it to be "Mad." I was wait. I was like, "Wow, did he cover Mad World too?" But no, no, "Mad Mad World" was actually, I think, the worst song of the of the bunch, and he named the album after that. What's uh, the, is the other song? "Mad World" is that the yeah the the good one? Yeah, "Mad World," which was a. Oh, who was original Mad World? Oh, Mad World's originally a Tears for Fears song? Yeah. Wow. I love Tears for Fears, and I just assumed that they covered it. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. That's crazy because I I mean everyone knows the the Gary Jules version. Is that the guy's name? Gary Jules, the the Donnie Darko version. But wow, Tears for Fears. Nice. I, I just assumed they were covering it too. Yeah, I assumed the same thing. Uh but yeah, Tears for Fears are beasts. Yeah, they are. Absolute beasts. Just that one album. The songs from the big chair. Uh the one that had everyone wants to yeah, rule the world. Yeah, of and, course. Uh, shout. Yeah, of course. And head over heels. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of nervous coming into this because I was like, how are we going to talk about this song for any more than three minutes? Yeah, Tom Cochran, as boring of <laughs> as boring as it is, as, as he's also just like a, a boring dude. You can't really say you can't really say too much about Tom Cochran. But this was your pick. It was your choice to pick Tom Cochran. <laughs> yeah. Now, all week I had to keep saying, hey, Alexa, play Tom Cochran. <laughs> Those those are hard words to say. <laughs> and I even at one point was texting my girlfriend like, "Hey, you got you got to listen to Boy Inside the Man," <laughs> which was kind of like, "Oh no, what what happened?" So if you listen to him long enough, you kind of get like Stockholm syndrome, where you're like, you start to like him a little bit, but you kind of you feel bad for him because he's so nice, just a normal dude. Yeah. Like if your neighbor's son brought over like his demo tape, you're not gonna talk shit Tom, on it. Tom Cochran is the your neighbor's son of One Hit Wonders. You'd be like, yeah, he, you're, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, I guess I guess he's good. Tom, do you think at some point? First of all, do you think this is the first podcast that's ever been made about exclusively about Tom Cochran? This episode. I hope so. And if you're Tom Cochran and you're obviously accessible on Twitter, you have, let me see how many followers Tom Cochran has on Twitter. He has 13,000 followers on Twitter, which is not, <laughs> it's not really that many. <laughs> no, like, for a like guy my who, uncle has that many. So there's a pretty good chance that Tom Cochran could be listening to this, which makes me want to say, if you had to say something to Tom Cochran right now, if Tom Cochran was listening to this podcast, what would you say to him? I would thank him for just being himself and in the summer of 91 showing me that it's okay to just be yourself. You don't have to right. You know, try to be any, anything other than that. And that really, you know, changed my life. Uh, I mean, I guess that is a good point about Tom Cochran is Tom Cochran made a music video in the desert, basically dressed. He may have had a um, Baja jacket, or something, but basically dressed normal, went in the desert, made this little music video, wrote this song, rhymed some words, and then used that fame to do some good. He, you know, obviously does things for charity. And then his song, he's probably made mad royalties off Rascal Flats covering his song. So it's good to know that if you write a pretty run-of-the-mill hit, you could do some good with that. So that's what I'd like. To, I'd like to thank Tom Cochran for really taking what he had and, and doing some good with it, but not really writing that great of music. <laughs> not and not really pushing. Not really pushing the boundaries. Really, really just doing exactly what it took to be successful. Not taking any musical risks whatsoever. Really writing pretty average music 
but just he's just, he's listening. Just <laughs> just rolling with. I mean, I'm not gonna praise. I'm not gonna praise his music. I, I'm not gonna do that. He he really did not. When I read the lyrics to "Life Is a Highway," I I I am not impressed at all. And he really didn't capitalize whatsoever like, <laughs> on that hit or that fame. D- didn't follow up. Didn't yeah. Didn't really. But apparently, if you're from Canada, he's like the. He's the shit. He's the shit if you're from Canada. But we had to. That's really, that's speculation, right? But we had, but think about this. We had a lot of music, especially at that very soon after that. You know, we had Nirvana. We had, we had, uh, we had people that were pushing the boundaries. We had Nine Inch Nails. We had like music that was going, like really pushing the envelope of like creativity and where music could go. Like think about so much stuff in the nineties that was so important. And so, and, and really like, I mean, when Bjork and Radiohead exist, I can't get on a podcast and, and praise Tom Cochran. I, I, I really can't do that. It's just, it's impossible for me to do that, but I can praise him for being a good dude and for not being, <laughs> for not being, a sexual predator, which I thought that maybe he was, but I was just mis- misinformed. So if Tom Carkin, if you're listening, thanks for not being a creep, despite the fact that somehow I thought that you had some sort of controversy. <laughs> that's all I can say. That's all I can really say about Tom Cochran is that he did it. He's doing it. And he's apparently on the right side of history as far as like, you know, <laughs> being against. He was against hunger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did some charity work for the 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 Humboldt bus crash of the hockey team in Canada. That's great. That's awesome. I'm glad he did that. That's about as much as I can say about Tom Cochran otherwise. You know? But put that song on at your next party and everyone will know it and everyone will remember that. that so you were at my last party and you know we listen to music very loud and we dance. Uh, if I would have put Life as a Highway on, what do you think would have happened? I think everyone sings it really loud, and it, that would have been the pinnacle point of the party. It would have been a way better party. Do you really think? I feel like it would have... I'm trying to think. What what did we get really... What came on and we just went like, oh, yeah, like... The Postal Service. Oh, it yeah. Was ma- it was really only me and you. No, I feel like there were a few other people. Emily was feeling it. We had like... Uh, well, I'm, I like to put those songs on just as like everybody is like, oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, Postal Service came on and we, we got real into that. But I don't know. I feel like Life is a Highway probably would have killed the party. Wow. Sorry, Tom. Or I could be way wrong. I could be way off and, and maybe it would have been like, oh yeah, it's Life. But I'd... We have to have a party now. And we can't life... tell anybody that that's the only reason we're having it and then play that song. Hmm. I think I mean it, people have to be over thirty three, yeah, to know this song. I yeah. don't know. It's it's been playing in grocery stores and just in general, like in life since it came out. They sing it on the office. I know Michael Scott. They were like going to uh, out for some sales, and there's like a one minute thing of them all singing it in the car. Really, with uh, Nard Dog. Oh, I love this song. Love is a highway, I will ride it all night long. 
Uh, I like I like how in the office there are songs. I love how they used closing time. Uh, do you remember how they the, the close? Uh, it was after Michael left, but Andy Bernard every day when it was time to close up would play closing time and people were so annoyed by it except Stanley who just got up and joined in singing along because that meant he got to leave work. I don't remember the, the life is a highway part, but if Michael Scott's singing your song, that's you. you yeah. Made it. Yeah. True. True. I remember I was jealous that in one of the later seasons when uh, they used the fun song. I don't know, man, this is cool. This is. Would you ever cover life is a highway? No, no. I, I do. Th- I do think it's a. It is. It is what I would refer to as fluff. It yeah. is a total like there is no. Th- this song has no substance. It is pure, like a chorus that just happens to be non-offensive and and like, yeah, on in your aunt's car when you're a kid or something. It's it's. It also kind of walks a line of like country fans could like it kind of, you know, it's, it's like, it's not that it's country, but it's like enough in that world that I wouldn't be surprised if a, which exactly makes sense. The rascal flats covered it. Yeah. It's, it's enough. It walks that line enough, which that with rare exceptions, once something starts walking that line, I tend to not like it, but maybe that's why I don't like it. I think I don't like it. Cause it's just, I, you know, I feel like in this podcast, I'm going to find songs that are like, oh, I never looked at that song that way. Those are actually pretty deep lyrics. That's actually pretty good. And this song is not that. I feel like you really turned on this song as as we've <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, it's just it's not I don't think it's a good song. And I hate to be critical. I'm I, I'm obviously a dude that writes music, but. The song is not good. I would I would say <laughs> I would say that it's catchy. I give it that. Like that's a that's a big chorus. But you're, you're more of a boy inside the man guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're more of a boy inside the man guy. Uh, maybe I thought that maybe I had this preconceived notion about Tom Cochran because someone had told me that song title before. So I just assumed that he was some sort of uh, weirdo. But yeah. he uh, he sings another song about a boy. And it's all about how my boy's gonna be in the big leagues. My boy's gonna be in the big leagues. And it's a really, that's the song he actually sang um, dedicated to Humble. When he was a kid, he'd be up at five. Take shots to eight and make the thing dry. Out of the school and back on ice. That was his life. He was gonna play in the big leagues. So he does have multiple songs about boys. I wonder if he has any boys. Nobody knows. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to make fun of the, the the song that was for a benefit of a good cause. I mean, but, they, he wrote that like years ago, uh, and he just like threw it candle out. In like, the hey, wi- candle in the yeah, wind style. Yep. Okay. He's no dummy. Yeah. Um but giving it, him new material. Right. But uh, it, that... The song, I don't know what it's about, but it kind of sounds like a a little bit of a ripoff of Put Me in Coach, right? Yeah. You like Fogarty? I love Fogarty. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> Cochran's like a poor man's Fogarty. 
like really poor like really poor cochran's like a poor man's fogarty impersonator (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah cochran um so uh, i mean not that not that i necessarily uh, i i could talk about tom cochran forever i'm sure but would you i i know i would say that if it comes down to is it one hit thunder or one hit blunder I'm gonna go with. Is this a real um, Sophie's choice? This <laughs> <laughs> blunder blend, or thunder? Is this a real uh, thing? Yes. This is in every episode. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go with blunder on life as a highway. I think life. I think here. Here's what I think is if I was, I'm gonna try to think of a band from in who was a band in 1991, and then Tom Cochran's Life as a Highway, and I was someone that was working hard, pushing the boundaries, making great music. And Tom Cochran, Life is a Highway came out, and this guy got rich because of that. And I'd be really mad. I'm going to think, like, if, right now, if I was, you know, playing in my band, and then Tom Cochran, Life is a Highway got huge, and I couldn't make enough money to even eat uh, off of my music, then, yeah, I would say this song is horrendous. I'm actually starting to turn a corner on Tom Cochran right now and saying that from a songwriter and band's point of view that like this is as bad as it gets. Okay, but now say you're listening to the radio in your aunt's car. Okay. And um, Sir Mix-A-Lot, Baby Got Back comes on. Okay. Then I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Okay, all right. This is actually good perspective. A co- Color Me Bad song. It's like nothing but One Hit Wonders in 1991. Yeah, the early '90s had some bad. I guess. Like, I guess like, maybe the, there is was a big like. Oh boy, we had some bad songs then. Wow. Okay, so take that into perspective. I mean, also like I said, this was Vanilla Ice time. Mm-hmm. The the so yeah. I mean, the fact that the song was a rock, eh, kind of a rock. One song. of the last big rock songs, <laughs> and and it had it actually had guitars and drums in it. I'm starting to like. I'm, that's actually interesting, man. Now I'm starting to turn a corner and be like, okay, maybe I would have, maybe this was like a breath of fresh air after like what was actually after I'm too sexy came on the radio. Yeah. Rico Suave. Oh, Rico Suave was out. At th- Aren't yeah. You glad I didn't pick that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I'm starting to come back. Tom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. He's, he's, shut it off by now yeah tom's gonna hate me all that tom's really gonna hate me but i'm just trying to look at it like the chorus is catchy it is a catchy chorus it's just the lyrics are bullshit the lyrics are fluff like there's no he wrote it's a song for everybody grandmas babies it's a song that those lyrics could be written in one pass one like there was no and I'm not against that. I actually kind of think that like whatever your gut instinct, whatever the first thing you think, a lot of times is what's best. But this metaphor of life being a highway is not that good of a metaphor, really. It's like a really, it doesn't make me go like, oh, you know what? He's right. Life really is a highway. I, I don't think that's that good of a metaphor. It was catchy, though. I guess that's all there is to it. Nah, I think it's a. I'm gonna say it's a a one hit thunder. Wow. So we're we're disagreeing. 
I, I'm still go. I'm still. Oh. Man, it's a it's a fun song. It's almost like there should be a third category where it is just one hit wonder if I think this wonder why but I guess I know why it was a little bit of a response to the actual wave that was about to come that was grunge music or whatever is this song I mean grunge really took things to a dark place and this song definitely did not take it and grunge may have been an instantaneous reaction to life is a highway. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm, I think it's a blunder. I think for sure. This song is not good. The, this song definitely, <laughs> I, it's, I, it's really like puzzling to me whether this is a good or bad thing. This song, you, you need another word that rhymes with wonder. Um, um, that's more middle of the road. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, I don't know that. There's really only thunder or blunder. I'm going with blunder. It's it's too it's too stupid of a song. It really is, and it, it the fact that it it's a it's like lowest common denominator type song where it's like oh yeah, just repeat that same stupid chorus over and over again. The metaphor is like uh, it's okay. People, it says highway and people might hear it while they're driving on a highway and roll their windows down if they have no. Set if they are a person who like puts no effort into music and just listens to whatever is force fed to them on the radio. The fact that the the chords of the song are in a major key that makes you you know it's just yeah yeah this 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 is a blunder. This is a major blunder. I would almost argue that like I'm too sexy or um. Rico Suave, at least those were like, I don't know any other songs that sound like those. <laughs> at least they were original. Like this is not even, this is not even original. This is a, this is a total blunder, man. Well, I want to be around people that like, like life as a highway. I think those people <laughs> have way more fun in life than the uh, people that are kind of snobbish about it. <laughs> <laughs> are you referring to me? Maybe. Okay. So you're going with thunder. So yeah. we got. I'll, hey, I'll I'll enjoy it. I'll sing it out loud, and I'll be happy. All right. So it's a split decision today. And I so guess yeah. I guess I guess I guess we got to come back another time and talk more about it. Get a, <laughs> no, get no, a unanimous no, verdict. No, please, please do not make me talk about Tom Cochran more. Ta- the the verdict is Tom Cochran, nice guy. Um, cares about the world, does good things with his fame. That's all respectable, but if you're if we're talking simply about the music, it is not good. That that is my verdict, Mike. Your verdict's slightly different. This was all worth doing just to listen to "Boy Inside the Man" and discover that song. So, okay. And there, I trust me. I will ask Alexa to play Tom Cochran again. It's just it's a completely different experience. Gotcha. Well, Mike, thanks a lot for coming on. On, on One Hit Thunder. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's been great.
This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Chris Ophios of the band Punchline. The song playing underneath me right now is Friend from the Future off their newest full-length, Lion. Check out that album and many other songs where music is available and visit their website, punchlion.com, for news, tour dates, and merch. That's punchlion, P-U-N-C-H-L-I-O-N.com. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting about us at onehitthunder, visiting our Facebook group, One Hit Thunder, or following our Instagram at onehitthunderpodcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll be back next week with another episode of One Hit Thunder. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.